Anakin Skywalker is under the training of Obi-Wan Kenobi to become a Jedi Master when he is thrust back into the world of Padme Amidala after a failed assassination attempt. Meanwhile, war rages across the galaxy as the Galactic Senate are fighting an unknown droid threat controlled by an equally unknown Sith Lord. There's some shady goings on that Obi-Wan Kenobi will have to unveil. And of course, there's 80% less Jar Jar Binks in this movie. The Clone Wars have begun. This is Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Welcome to day two of Star Wars Week, the Fall Entertainment retroactive look at the Star Wars saga. And on day two, uh, today on the 12th of December, we're going to be looking at Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, the middle child of the sequel trilogy, and what many consider to be, at the same time, the booting off point of, of what makes the prequel trilogies good, whilst at the same time... On equal footing, if not possibly slightly worse than The Phantom Menace. Depending on who you ask. Okay, well, let's ask you then, Michael. Let's ask me. Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clown? As in best or worst? Best or worst. Um, I'll put it this way. How we said yesterday uh, that Phantom Menace has some fantastic moments, but it's a bad movie. I feel exactly the same about Attack of the Clones, having recently rewatched it and realising how bad the acting is. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that does not... Now that we've lost um, the threat of Darth Maul, now that we've lost Qui-Gon Jinn... Quiggy! Quiggy! We miss you still. Unfortunately, we're left to rely on Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hayden Christensen as our mm-hmm. new Anakin Skywalker, and um, Natalie Portman as Padme Amidala are as our three leads. Yep. Unfortunately, everything else surrounding them is bad, which is unfortunate because most of the other actors in this movie are pretty terrible, save for a couple of notable names. Okay. I'm of the opinion that Clowns is a superior movie to, to Phantom Menace. It's not by much, though, right? <clears throat> no, I, I'd say... Right, I'll, I'll let the cat hit the bag slightly. I love Revenge of the Sith. I'm going to openly gush about that tomorrow. Um... I'd say that Attack of the Clowns sit pretty much in between the kind of gulf between Phantom and, and, and Sif. I think there is more good stuff, and the good stuff is better in Attack of the Clowns. But, yeah, but the, the bad, bad stuff, stuff can be oh. equally as bad. Yeah. Especially in some scenes we're going to touch on. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we did this with Phantom Menace. How did you feel when you watched Attack of the Clowns? For the very first time, back when you were little. I was incredibly hyped because I was still of the opinion that Phantom Menace was a great movie. And I was like, "This, I'm still going to get another Star Wars movie after this, so I couldn't drink, be drinking it in even more. And then I saw it. And mm. I only remember the beginning and the end. As a child, that's why I had to recently re- re-watch it, because I only remembered the opening speed of chasing Coruscant at the start. Mm-hmm. Coruscant. S- sorry. Interesting pronunciation. What would you go Coruscant. For? It's Coruscant. Coruscant. It's pronounced both ways. Okay. Um, 
actually pronounced both ways in the movies as well. Same. Uh, in the game, it's where is Coruscant? That was one of Padme's lines. Um, and I remember the ending, and I remember very fondly uh, the scene on Camino. And I seem to have blanked out a lot of that movie. I rewatched it, and I, re- I realised why. Because the dialogue is dreadful, the acting is dreadful, and it goes places it didn't really need to go. Which is my opinion, that there's, it, this movie spends way too long focusing on the least important aspects of the Star Wars story. Okay. I don't necessarily disagree with you on any of those points. Um, I think there's slightly more value in the middle part of this movie than you may be giving it credit for. At least in my opinion. But you can say this about this. There is at least 50% less Jar Jar Binks. 80%. 80% less Jar Jar We've Binks. done the maths. Yep. Um, we haven't done the maths. We haven't done the maths. It's okay. Yeah, the, the script... This may be the worst scripted of the Star Wars movies. I will give it that. In yes, terms of like it definitely is. Percentage of like actively bad lines. It's up there. This is George This Lucas's... has actively bad scenes. Yeah. As in nothing's good about most of the scenes in the movie. I would definitely say this is George Lucas's... Because if you take out the Jar Jar stuff, Liam Neeson anchor a lot of the first movie, it's fine. There are, yeah, complete 15 minutes, whole acts of this movie that you could just say, this is awful. Yeah. You just need to complete rewrite from top to bottom. And George Lucas has never been a good scriptwriter. <clears throat> He's a great ideas man. He's a great visionary. But as we touch on with later movies, neither is he the greatest director and he's definitely not the greatest scriptwriter in the world. This could have done with a punch up and a half by somebody in the know. Yep. Um, okay, then well, what credence do you give to the Machete Order? The Machete Order? Ah, aware yes, I'm is? aware of the Machete Order. The, for anyone unaware, the Machete Order involves watching New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, you get Luke, I am your father, you then go back, skip Phantom, and watch Clones and Sith as a flashback before finishing with Jedi. Well, you watch scenes from Clones and Sith. You don't watch the entire movies. Oh, is that the end? Uh, there is an, an official machete cut, <clears throat> which is which is essentially New Hope and Empire in its entirety, back to front, with the, with the obviously, the credits taken. Yeah. Uh, the correct points. Uh, again, this is in circulation. You can go and download it if you want to. The machete version does exist. Uh, this then goes into... Select battle scenes and select, I mean, I mean, select. I mean, it cuts out near enough everything involving the Padme Anakin scenes. I think it includes one of them, a condensed version of it at that, because uh, they're not needed. Uh, and then, of course, you get pretty much most of three. You get some scenes cut from three because I think I think you lose a grievous battle in the machete order, Aww. which is a bit of a shame. But you know, you see what's important about. Anakin and Obi-Wan story and then you go back and you watch Jedi it's a great way to experience Star Wars if you don't want to experience Star Wars if you know what I mean because Star Wars is both excellent and terrible if you know what I mean if you want Star Wars refined into its most purest form yeah if you want what the fans like yeah that's what you watch but to truly appreciate how good all, all that is, you have to kind of watch the whole movies and realise that... You need the peaks and the troughs. Exactly. You, you, you need to watch all the terrible love scenes to appreciate just how good the Yoda fight is, for example. Oh. Which we'll come to later. We will. Well, you've isolated one of the main problems in the movie that everyone harps on. Anakin and Padma. Yeah. Uh, or, or, as we should subtitle this um, episode, where chemistry comes to die. I don't like sand. Oh, don't remind me of sand. Do they have any chemistry whatsoever? Uh, it's arguable that there's none. I would say that there's hints. 
Um, <laughs> which unfortunately, it's the same hint. They get their act together for Sif. Yes, I understand yeah. the relationship in Sif. In Sith, you kind of get, you kind of get that these two would be in love at some point. But in Sith, you get to see the whole thing fall apart as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, two is the unfortunate build-up. It has to go from you changed Anakin to they're gonna fuck. So you know, essentially, yes, they had to, they had to give you the courting essentially <laughs> before we get to have the break. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. Let's no talk about Hayden Christensen. <laughs> a man uh, which a lot of blame is posed at his door for being a god-awful actor, for being Mannequin Skywalker. The other <laughs> the other man who didn't have a career after this movie. Yeah, well, after thankfully movies. so. Yeah. Well, you, you skipped around the question um, in the Phantom Menace podcast, so I'm going to ask you again, just yep. to kind of kick off. Jake Lloyd or Hayden Christensen? Well... This is the thing, right? We get two movies of Hayden Christensen, one where he's terrible and one where he's bearable. We get one movie of Jake Lloyd where he's terrible. Okay. Jake Lloyd Menace versus Hayden, Creed, uh, Hayden Christensen's Okay, well, if, if, if you're going to split hairs, I suppose Jake Lloyd is more bearable. Yep. Um, if you're only taking Christensen from Clones. Christensen from Clones is dreadful. One of the worst acting performances in the history of time. Christensen in the next movie, which we'll talk about tomorrow... Is gen- genuinely has got a very nice arc, and I do quite. When like he it. goes full bore, Vader. Yeah, all about that. Quite. Yes, he does that. I don't like to praise the man, but he does do that well. It's the unfortunate thing that, like I say, this is what I said yesterday about they didn't quite get the ages right. No, because there's too much of an age gap, and he behaves somewhat even more infantile than Jake Lloyd in this movie. Yeah. He's a stroppy <clears throat> teenager. He's petulant, but that would have been fine for Darth Vader because. That's a part of the life for everyone. If you're talking about relatable characters, most teenagers are stri- stroppy dickheads. So that's fine. Yeah. But Most teenagers go to um, entire settlements of Tuscan Raiders and burn the houses down. We've all been We've there. We've all been there. Um, well, well, here's the thing. This is where Star Wars has a great track record of taking unknown actors and then, you know, turning them into stars. Well, not stars. They don't have careers after this, but finding good things. Some of them do. I cannot believe... Okay, but I can't believe for one second that Hayden Christensen was the best choice. No. There could not... George Lucas could not have seen... My theory is he only saw Hayden Christensen. (laughs) You'll do. Because around this time, Jake Gyllenhaal was about the same age as Hayden Christensen. You can't tell me you couldn't have got Jake Gyllenhaal in for an acting... Especially after Donnie Darko. There's nothing in Donnie Darko hint to you that he might be able to do... Dark and brooding. Exactly, it would you have been great. I mean? Here, again, here's my theory. He he, what he saw the uh, the audition for Hayden Christensen, and he was like, "That's gonna be a really good idea. I should go and get another terrible actor to ruin another movie. I'm gonna go work on Indiana Jones. Hire this guy." And then he, <laughs> bye everybody, bye everybody. He walked away to go and live off more merchandising rights. But yeah, you're right. There were better actors at this point who could have taken on the man who would be Vader. Jake Gyllenhaal is an excellent choice because obviously we now know how good he is. Like Nightcrawler's a movie yep. that shows a genuinely terrifying character, which Vader is supposed to be. And that's me spitballing with one actor. Yeah, that's they, just one choice. I, I don't know what. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when he was auditioning, because something must have. He either blew the audition out of the water and they had no idea what they were getting into, or George Lucas just said. Well, he kind of looks like Jake Lloyd. That'll do. And they didn't. They must not have put him together with with 
Natalie Portman because they would have realised they have no chemistry whatsoever. Because it's, it's a vacuum. It, a very, very quick deviation as to why that point is is good. The new Spider-Man uh, did uh, screen tests both with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans to see if he would work in this dynamic. And yes. that's, he was then cast from that. We've yet to see if that's going to pay off because yep. that movie is still a few years away. I don't get the feeling that Hayden Christensen, like you said, tested with Natalie Portman. And I'm not sure whether he really did extensive testing with Hugh McGregor either. Although no. he, their relationship is better, it's still paled in comparison to the god-awfulness that is the Padme and Anakin scenes on on Naboo. Is it Naboo? Uh, I think he's just in the likes of Naboo. Le- yes. Likes of Naboo, that's where it is. Where there's that awful CG scene of him rodeoing what can only be described as, you know, a Sarlax retard brother. The fat anteater. Yes. Old albino anteater that's fat. That thing. Yes. I think if you just completely skip... Anytime you see Adam, Anakin and Padme on the same screen, if you just press skip, you're good. Yeah. You, you, you don't know, need to see CG floating pair. Once, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> once once you know what's happening with that story, you can just skip it. Whereas, right, now, that's the problem with them having no chemistry. I, the relationship with Kenobi is better, but as I mentioned in Phantom Menace, I cannot stand Hugh McGregor in this movie. This is Hugh McGregor's worst turn as Obi, definitely. Yeah, like, I always come back to the one line of when he's flying away from Django Fett and he's being shot at. Blast, this is why I hate flying. And I was like, oh, I keep hearing the Mr. Burns quote of 29 takes and <laughs> that, that was the, the best, best one. one. Like, all the way through this movie. And now the Death Sticks line, hey, do you want to buy any Death Sticks? You don't want to sell me Death Sticks. I don't, don't want, want to sell you Death, death Sticks. sticks. You, you want to go, go home and rethink your life. life. That's good. Okay, well done, George Lucas. You got one good line <laughs> to plant. I cannot stand you, McGregor, in this. And it's kind of... Sif brought him back for me. It's, but he has had to live with this kind of albatross around his neck, in my estimation, for years after clones. It's how it's written. I genuinely feel it's how it's written. Because in this movie, you've got stroppy teenager Anakin and sort of Jedi savant Obi-Wan. The overconfident Obi-Wan that doesn't show the same... With the mullet. Withdrawal or... Or... What's the word I'm looking for? Is there's no restraint. No. Obi-Wan was a very wise man who didn't... in in When he appears in New Hope... As Alec Guinness. As Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan is a wise old man who doesn't need to say anything to show you how much of a badass he is. Yes. In this movie, he's the man about town. He, mm-hmm. he, he knows everybody on Coruscant. He's going out to clubs and bars. When he goes and meets with the, with the people from Camino, uh, he's... he's He's throwing out quips like he's auditioning for a part in the MCU. And then, of course, just... there's Blast, this is why I hate oh, flying. Oh, God. He's, he's, again, they are subjects of a very bad script, which is unfortunate because when you see him in the next in the next movie, which we'll talk about tomorrow, you, you get genuine emotion from Obi-Wan and you get to see how he becomes the Alec Guinness version. You this do. movie doesn't show that, unfortunately. No, it seems like they were trying to get to the Alec Guinness one in this one and just failed miserably. Yeah. They do get it much, much better in, in Sith. Um, well, let's take a... Let's let's look at the rest of the Jedis because this is on an episode that pushed the Jedis to the... Probably the forefront of what they... The peak of the Jedi Council yeah. and the Jedi Order. They're prominent in Sith, but something happens in Sith that makes yeah. them a lot less prominent. Yeah. Um, I feel this is the best movie for the Jedis overall. Not like in terms of individual characters, but kind of a presence. You understand the benefits of the Jedi Order. 
You know what I mean? Chief among which, Yoda and Mace Windu. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk much about Mace Windu in the first movie. Because he didn't do a lot in the first no, movie. No, he's kind of... He's not even Samuel he Jackson sat in the on first a, one. He, he is, isn't he? What? Oh, you, you mean... I mean, I mean he, Samuel Jackson isn't like... Isn't being Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. He's just being... Just generic guy, guy on chair. Yeah. Whereas in this one, we get to see him fight. And you understand... For the second, you understand why Mace Windu's on the council. Why everyone is terrified of him. Why he's allowed to have a purple lightsaber. Because he's just, whenever he shows up here, he just exudes, like, authority. Yeah. When he holds the lightsaber up to Django Fett's throat and he's talking to Dooku, you're like, this man is in charge of everything. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> there is nothing that he's not in command what of. What planet are you from? Oh, just... What ain't no planet I've ever heard of? <laughs> Say what again? <laughs> just, just, a, just a much better turn. Same thing with Yoda. I'm going to talk about my favourite Yoda We'll, we'll talk in about moment, Yoda but, in a minute. And then... Right, we, we're kind of skipping ahead here a little bit, but when you get to the Battle of Genosis and you see all of the Jedis turn up and you see the thousand lightsabers light up. That was so cool. That was so cool. Again, considering that... Well, even when even in Phantom Menace, you only see... Who do you see with lightsaber? Qui-Gon and Obi and Darth Maul, and that's it. Three that's people it. Three with people. lightsaber. You see the Jedi High Council, but you don't see any other outside the Jedis. You don't see them with lightsabers? No. Ki-Adi Mundi's there and Kipfisto's there on the council, but you don't see him doing anything. This is... When you were little, and he, like original trilogy, you only see Luke and Vader with lightsabers. You know, Yoda's a Jedi, but this is when you see, oh my God, there's thousands of them. See, this is this is the thing again where I come back to that this is the marketing trilogy. Uh, we had a game called Star Wars Episode One: Jedi Power Battles, where oh. you could play as a selection of Jedi's that you'd never heard of: Plo Koon, Plo Koon, Adigalia, and the two you just mentioned, Kit Fisto. No, Kit Fisto wasn't in it. Or was he not? No, it was. Um... Yeah, Mundi was. It was no, it was Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Mace Windu, Obi, Qui Gon, Kiadi Mundi, and Plo Koon. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you could play as Kit Fisto no. and Kiadi Mundi. No. Either way, you knew who these characters were, thanks to the marketing. And then you get to see them fight. And that is incredibly rewarding. And you get to see all the colours, like, not all the colours, because obviously not red, but all the other colours of lightsabers. That arena scene. Oh, it's, it's just so a good. great scene when it's them versus the droid army. That's I mean, why you remember Geonosis because Geonosis is relatively uninteresting until that A bit. lot of, it's basically just Tatooine 2.0 yeah. with insects. Like, what other, what do you say, what other bit's good? Obi-Wan rides in on a giant chameleon for some reason. It looks like a chameleon anyway. It's not actually a chameleon. What? Are you thinking, you're thinking of Steve? No, 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 no. He rides in on like... Oh, no, it's more like a bull, isn't it? Because it knocks into the pillars oh, that Anakin's yes, chained yes, up yes. on. That seems excellent. Yeah, you've got the, the big spider-looking thing, the tiger and the bull. The spider thing being in Battlefront 2 and terrifying when you heard it coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> um, yeah, just a great scene. Now, we haven't talked about the big bad of the movie. The kind of one that, if you listen to a Phantom Menace one, that in the fan theory that Jar Jar Binks was meant to be a Jedi Master... The kind of crow body replacement, if you believe that theory, which we don't. But yeah, don't. 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 Um, Christopher Lee. Yeah, as the, Count One of the Dooku. baddest men of all time. Count Dooku slash Darth Tyrannus. He, no one ever calls him Darth Tyrannus. It's much cooler. He's only referred Count to that, that name once. Because, uh, like I said, when you become a Sith Lord, you get anointed with a Darth name. Yes. And for the but entire movie, he's Count Dooku. He's and then Dooku. he's like, you will be Darth Tyrannus. Like, um, no one's going to call you that, not even Yoda. So, you yeah. know. Good choice? Very good choice. Unfortunately, but maybe not Christopher Lee's best performance. <clears throat> but a very good choice, nonetheless, to play somebody who is imposing and is f- known and feared in the Star Wars universe. 
If you want to pick somebody who's known and feared, Christopher Lee's an excellent choice. You can play instantly off. You, everyone knows that Christopher Lee's the bad guy. Yeah. It's insta. So if you've got to crowbar somebody in, they could have they couldn't have probably picked a better person than to go with Christopher Lee. Instantly you know he's the bad guy. You know okay, you do see him be a badass, but not to the same extent you see Darth Maul be badass. A different kind of of badassery. Yeah, I guess so. Like how Windu has a certain <clears throat> Uh, essence uh, commanding of the room so does Christopher Lee but Christopher Lee's is more more calculated and conniving whereas Windu's is just he's like it's like a Power. hurricane yeah he's a force to be reckoned with whereas Dooku doesn't need to lift a finger but if he does you know that it's going to be difficult it's going to be bad times for everyone involved punctuated with his final fight which we'll get to in a moment yeah build this. Um, building well of course it's called Attack of the Clones it is so we have yet to get to the clone troopers. There are clones in this movie. <laughs> that That's a given by the title. I credit George Lucas for actually having a good idea. I still think Attack of the Clones is a pretty poor name. Yes, it's a bad there name for the movie. There are clones they are attacking. Um, but <laughs> Who knows what? But As a d- way to give added emphasis to the stormtroopers, this is a really good idea. The designs are awesome. I've always liked the colour co- the color coordination and the regimentation of... The storm, the the clone troopers, which is a bit of a weird thing to say, but you knew which what they did. If you played the game Star Wars Clone Troopers, or if you played Battlefront, yeah. you knew what they did, and the clone troopers mattered, and they were Shout awesome. Shout out to the five first, yeah. Like, and, and and this is one of the few examples of you can see the evolution. You see clone troopers, and you immediately think, oh yes, they're going to be stormtroopers. It makes perfect sense in your head. It explains why there's thousands of them, and they're all the same height because they're all clones. Great. You see a bit of this more in Sith when you see a fighter that looks a bit like an X-Wing, etc., etc. But yeah, a very nice touch. Kamino is a very cool planet that i kind of annoyed we didn't get to go back and see. I'm hopeful they go back to We that only planet. saw one building, which was a bit disappointing. But it's a cool world. It's one of the best maps on, on Battlefront 2. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool It map. was incredibly cool. Um, now, the clones actually have a... They have a distinction of actually gaining more prominence in the expanded universe. Yeah. They are, they are the basis of... Uh, the, the Clone series. They're basis of the animated Star Wars Clone Wars, yep. the CG animated Star Wars The Clone Wars, and now they are one of the main driving forces. They are now new protagonists in Series 2 Star Wars Rebels. They're kind of a big deal. And, of course, all of this stemmed from one singular line in A New Hope. You fought alongside my father in The Clone Wars. That's it. And then this entire saga... Of the Star Wars mythos has just evolved from that, and it's a damn good saga. It has some of the best stories. I give the Star Wars merchandising machine this. They've done very well by the clones. Mm. They've taken something that was kind of lukewarm. Even you, McGregor hates the name Attack of the Clones and calls it a bit fruity. But they've gone on to do so much things, and they, they, they are like again to go back to Battlefront Two as we often so do. <laughs> they are the stars of that game. You play that game, and you're like, get it stand that they are the most badass fighting team in the world and it makes you see the stormtroopers later on and how kind of farcical they become they're badasses in this movie chiefly because they of course cloned after the one and only Django Fett Django Fett now I'm going to say a very very unpopular opinion here go on I prefer Django to Boba that is a very unpopular opinion it is I think he looks cooler I think the kind of blue on on silver is better than the green on on beige. Um, he's more effective. Boba doesn't do a whole lot in the original clown. Not the original really. Series. 
Now, I understand why people are annoyed that this kind of lessens Boba, since he's just a clone. Now, he's a pure, unfiltered clone, as opposed to all the actual clones. Well, you see what the actual clones look like, because they're... They look like Django. Gro- well, Django, but grown embryos of Django. Yeah. Whereas Boba is, he's like a son, yeah. essentially, and he's trained better, and and it makes sense. So some people didn't like the fact that you've just you've humanized Boba, which was kind of why everyone liked Boba. He was like, would you take the helmet off Darth Vader? He then by de facto becomes the most mysterious man in Star Wars, and I get that, but. I've always preferred Django. It might be because of Star Wars Bounty Hunter, which I tried to replay a few months ago and I didn't like, but mm. I should have left the memories alone. Here's the thing, right? You are correct. Django does do a heck of a lot more than Boba in the movies. We'll, we'll come to it later on, but Boba was another product of the Star Wars merchandising machine. Mm-hmm. They released figures of him and cups, which seem everyone seems to collect, of him for some reason. Uh, but Django, you didn't get that, and then he held his own against one of the best Jedi Knights of all time. We're going to have a video on the top ten movies of all time, and we were thinking of the list, and then I just went, oh, Django versus Kenobi, and we were off and, yes. Because that's again, one of the reasons I'm quite fond of Kamino, is that you get Django Fett holding... Well, this thing, you never see Boba in action in the original movie. You know, the only time you see his jetpack is when it fails him and ends up with him in the Sarlacc pitch. He barely shoots anything, he does nothing. You see Django here, first of all, twin pistols better than rifle. Yeah. You see him, he's holding his own, he's shooting the rock, he's got the flamethrower, the zip wire. He nearly kills Obi-Wan Kenobi, he nearly sends him into the sea in Kamino. He's like the evil Batman of the Star Wars universe, is he not? <laughs> that is it. I think that might be why I like him so much, that he's just, he's not a Jedi, but he doesn't need to be. He can hold his own with anybody. Okay, Mace Windu Kaiser kills him pretty quickly and effectively. Pretty quick, yeah. He still gets to shoot the ball thing with one bullet. That was cool. Boff, dead, and he doesn't even move. He just scrapes to a halt. Fantastic. So, yeah, I, I really do love Django Fett. He was in a lot of promotional materials. I really like the poster of him and... Um, I think it's him and Dooku. It looks really cool. So, yeah, um, I love Django Fett. Unabashedly. Unashamedly. Um, okay, well, I think that's all the characters and all the new stuff. Let's get to the, the crux of everything. The final battle. As we like to round up these podcasts with the final battle. Now, we, we were quite waxing lyrically about the ending of Phantom Menace, how it's a good ending to a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I prefer the ending of Clones. The ending of Clones <laughs> is a saving grace to an almost almost entirely terrible movie, save for the few key scenes, Django being one of them. Because the opening... like If you look at the setup of Clones, the opening isn't really that fun. The middle isn't really that fun, save for Django. Then Geonosis happens... And more importantly, again, you have you have the multi-layered ending going on. So you've got you got the storming of Geonosis by the clone troopers, which is great. I love it. You've got for some reason C three PO and R two D two versus the droid manufacturing plant. For reasons, I've just realised we didn't mention R two and C three in the entirety of their Phantom Menace review. Oh yeah, of course. Oops, <laughs> this was supposed to be... It was either going to be the story of Anakin or the story of... I prefer the story as R2-D2. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it is their story now because when we get to episode 7, guess who shows up again? R2 and C-3PO. So it, it's their story. That BB-8 think he's going to come in here and replace my R2-D2. I'm going to kick that thing over the fence. It's still cute. Um, I'll fight you. Well, probably will happen. We'll touch on this in New Hope uh, when I get to do my 45-minute rant about why R2-D2 is the greatest character in movie history. He is awesome. Let's carry on. But in this movie, he's, again, like the other droids and most of the characters, he's sidelined to kind of mm-hmm. subpar action scenes. But then, 
you have Dooku versus Obi-Wan. Dooku versus Anakin. With two lightsabers. With two lightsabers. How do you defend against a man with two, two lightsabers? <laughs> and he kicks the shit out of both of them. Yes. There's only one man. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I just want to. I just want to. I want to end on that. So give me a second. Oh, I like this battle of Geonosis because he's probably the most fluid of all. He hits yeah. all the things you want in a Star Wars movie. You have the ground battle of Jedi's versus droid in the temple, in the in the arena, even which is great. First of all, you get the cool bit in the arena with the monsters attacking them. That's fairly cool. And then you get the it, Jedi's. The, the film. setup's pretty poor, but that's a pretty. It's a pretty cool. Action. Pretty cool thing. The setup where it's just it's a Padme and Anakin chained up. I'm just like, oh, for God's <clears> sake, <throat> that's Darth Vader. We were coming to save you. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that bit's cool. Then you get the Jedi's, you get Django getting beheaded, and oh, yeah. Bill Boba on the Yeah, in front of his son. Well, his clone son was like, damn. Oh, my beheaded. No wonder he hates Jedi's. Yeah, so you get all that coolness. Then Yoda flies in with the stormtroopers, and we go from ground battle to kind of a mishmash of space battle and land battle, where you actually see like army tactics for the first time. Yeah. Like, actual, there's a forward command post. Attacking in flanks and doing all that kind of stuff. stuff. Really cool, like, when the dust, like, comes up and you just see the laser beams. Yeah, it's cool. Again, the clones make the movie. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then you get to a lightsaber battle. So, like, you've hit ground and land, sea, not sea, (laughs) land, like, ground battle, sky battle. (laughs) That famous sea battle on Geonosis, we all remember it. a bit on Kashyyyk in the water. Anyway, and then you get a lightsaber battle. And you get, yeah, Obi and Anakin trying to take on Dooku and Obi, and Obi gets... Anakin with the two lightsabers. Probably his best part in this movie. He gets to do the cool, And then he gets his arm lopped off and lopped. Which then, seems to be a theme. I can remember my thought process for the next fight. Yeah. So you hear... I remember it. You hear the little walking stick and I'm like, oh, here comes Yoda. Okay. And he's like, oh... And then they have the, the, the force. force off. And you're like... Okay, we haven't seen a force battle before, no. which is kind of cool. And then, like, a couple of seconds into it, you're thinking, something could make, make this a little bit more interesting, but they won't do it. They won't no, do it. I was it. like, well, it's just a force. I think a force battle's cool. I mean, you know, I can't do much. And then he goes, um, this can only be settled with their skills of a lightsaber. I went, Jedi's have lightsabers. Yoda's a Jedi. No, 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 no. And, and then falls a little thing back. Opens a thing. He forces the, um, the, the light into his, his hand. hand. And you're like, you're well, like, okay, but what can Yoda do? Ah! <laughs> oh my god! Yes! Yes! <laughs> First of all, Yoda is a benefit cheat, but. Yeah. <laughs> benefit fraud is a crime. <laughs> but that may be. My favourite moment in all of Star Wars. I'm talking all six movies. Damn. I've seen Yoda as just the crotchety, the funny, the kind of comic relief when you first see him in many in Empire and the kind of wizard old Jedi and you see him in the first movie and you're just like, you love Yoda, you do, but you don't think of him as a badass. And then you find out he's the single most badass Jedi in the history of time. Yeah, he is. Even though he does actually have a, a win-loss record of nil and two. He doesn't actually win yeah. a lightsaber battle in the two times he, he, he loses twice. He loses twice, but by default in this one, because he has to go and save Anakin's dumb ass from being crushed. <laughs> but just think that lightsaber fight is just pure joy, ecstasy, joygasm is just the best thing. It it certainly was the turning point. That from that fight onwards, the prequels are good. From from Yoda's walking in, there is no bad point of Star Wars. No. The, the next four movies that follow from that point forward are just amazing. There is non-stop awesomeness in every single freaking one of them. Yep, pretty and much. Just, 
Oh, and then, and of course, um, Dooku goes to throw the big thing on Anakin and Obi-Wan, it ends the movie, Dooku runs away. And we end with, um, of course, we end with the scene of Anakin and Padme becoming married. Yeah. Secret. Bit weird. Meant to mirror, of course, the last scene of Empire Strikes Back, where you see Luke, Leia, C-3PO and R2 staring out the window as the Millennium Falcon departs. Kind of the same thing. It's kind of set up in a similar way whilst they're looking over the lake at Naboo. Anakin and Padme. Yeah, a, c- a celebration, the the coming storm and then resolution. Yes. They are now in matrimony and C-3PO's not telling anybody. For reasons. You think R2 would because he's such a little gossip. Yeah. He's a little tease. Um, and yeah, this sets us up for Revenge of the Sith, which we'll talk about in a moment. So, overall impressions of, of Attack of the Clans, Michael, where, where does it stand for you uh, in the prequel trilogy? In the say? prequel trilogy, it's about 75% of it is the weakest Star Wars ever gets, which is unfortunate. Its iconic moments are more iconic, and in my opinion, a lot more impactful than what you get in Phantom. Phantom is... A bad movie punctuated by a fantastic ending. Whereas Attack of the Clones is a terrible movie punctuated with what makes Star Wars great. With characters that we care about. With fights that define the series. uh, And of course leading up to what we know Star Wars is going to do. And it's going to tell the story of Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. It puts us in that position better than we thought it ever could. Even though... 75% 75% of the movie is pretty bad. I can be with you on most of that. I think... I describe myself as an Attack of the Clones apologist. I think if you just... If you genuinely do just take out... Upon repeated viewings... Take out the anime... Uh, Anakin and... I think we're calling him Adame. <laughs> take out the Anakin and Padme scenes... Just wholesale. Whenever those two are just alone... Skip. On, on, just skip them. Because then you get... Opening on Coruscant... You get the Camino stuff, and then you get Genosis. I think you do it like that. Yeah, yeah. it's a much better movie. Like, like, yeah, go assassination attempt, trouble in the Senate, Camino Genosis. Yep, yeah, it's a much and that's a tighter film. It really is. I think if you do it that way, I th- and that's how I usually do watch Attack of the Clans when I'm rewatching it. I will just skip those scenes, pretty much wholesale. That is the way to do it, I believe. Um, do that, and I think you get a much better movie. So I, I stand by it's in the middle for me in the prequels, both in chronological order and in yeah. ratings. The peaks wise. are higher, but the troughs are lower. Totally, I, I would say that. I still think there's nothing as bad as Jar Jar in there. I think you take Jar Jar. No, there's Jar no against... one singular bad point as okay. Jar Jar. Okay, but yeah. a, a plethora. Those of love bad scenes things. are just just the absolute drizzling. I have facts. the music from those love scenes in my head, and I think about them when I want to die. Wow. Yeah. Stop. Is everything okay at home, Michael? <laughs> okay. Well, that's Attack of the Clans done it for is. today. Um, tomorrow, we will, of course, be diving into Revenge of the Sith. I think I'm going to have unpopular opinions on that movie. It's, it's, it's going to be the like the actual saga itself. It is the turning point. But well, we've now got the two, quote-unquote, bad movies out of the way. We have now got, in my opinion, four excellent movies to talk about. Yeah. Now, everyone shares my opinion on Revenge of but I'm going to defend it to the hilt tomorrow. Um, of course, because now we have Anakin and Padme wed, they're going to be canoodling. That might go awry. Enough, <laughs> you get where it's going. Yes. Um, and all the pieces are now in place for the fall of Anakin Skywalker. 
We'll talk about that in depth tomorrow. Um, what, what video can they check out today? Mikhail? Today, you can take a look at the best spin-offs of the Star Wars franchise. Ooh. That's on our YouTube page right now, so you can go over and have a look at that. Of course, tomorrow, join us for not only the review of Revenge of the Sith, but also a look at the top ten battles in <laughs> the entire Star Wars mythos, which should be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to that. If you want to go back yesterday, of course, we did a Phantom Menace recap um, in a similar fashion to this one, just going through, picking it apart... As concisely as we can. Also, yesterday's video was... Of course, it was the prequel. The best bits best from bits the prequels. of the prequels. Please go and check that out. As we said, we're going to be having a plethora of content leading all the way up to the launch of The Force Awakens. In just six days. In just six days. Oh. It's, it's getting closer, Michael. Well, again, well, six days for the rest of the world. It is now five days for us. Yes, it is. It is. Oh, my God. It's nice it's to think about it, isn't it? Can you feel the, the hairs on the back of your neck just standing up when you say that? I See, I'm going to get more and more because I haven't seen basically anything about Force Awakens, so I'm going in this cold. I know next to nothing about this movie, so I'm going to be unbearable to be around. It's a good job I have wrestling to distract me that week as well. Basically. Because <laughs> otherwise I'd be unbearable to be around. Yep. Luckily, you don't have to unless you want to. In audio form, please check the out on Fair Entertainment's dot co dot uk dot com dot com of course mines uk there'll be some good stuff on there go check that out I am at the Goodridge on Twitter you are well I am at that my going on Twitter and of course also at FoleyNT which is also the same address for pretty much everything on any social network that we can be found on thank you for listening to this come and join us tomorrow for Revenge of the Sith and day three of Star Wars week goodbye everybody bye. bye.